Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. An Erio's original... I was born with a special gift. The ability to mentally transform any situation into the worst-case scenario in my own brain. My therapist calls my gift catastrophizing. And that's why I'm uniquely qualified to scrutinize and analyze history's greatest disasters and find out who's to blame. They say history repeats itself. Not on my watch. My name is Rebecca Delgado-Smith. And I am The Alarmist. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to The Alarmist, a comedy podcast where we talk about history's greatest disasters and figure out who's to blame. Today we'll be discussing the very sad and tragic death of Princess Diana. Here's what you need to know. Lady Diana Frances Spencer was born on July 1st, 1961 at Park House in Norfolk, England to Frances and John Spencer, the 8th Earl Spencer. The Spencer family is one of the oldest blue-blooded families in England with their noble lineage dating back to the 1500s. Diana grew up with two older sisters and one younger brother. At the age of nine, her parents divorced and her father was granted custody of the children. Shortly after the divorce, Diana was shipped off to boarding school. While timid and reserved, she was well-liked by her peers. Many accounts describe her as a functioning introvert. For her 18th birthday, Diana's mom bought her an apartment in London, which she lived in with roommates. She worked a series of low-paying jobs at this time, including 
cleaning her sister's flat, and most famously, as a preschool teacher. Diana had first met Charles, 12 years her senior, Prince of Wales, and the heir apparent to the British throne, in 1977, while he'd been dating her older sister, Sarah. But in 1980, while she was living in London, Diana and Charles reconnected during a summer weekend at a mutual friend's house. The two began to date, though infrequently. She later recalled to biographers that they'd probably been on 13 dates before he'd asked her to marry him. But since he was her first boyfriend, she didn't find it odd. On February 24, 1981, the royal family announced the engagement of Diana and Charles. Diana was an instant celebrity, and the entire country rejoiced at the prospective union. No one found it curious when a reporter interviewing the couple after their engagement asked Charles if he was in love. Sitting next to Diana, he famously replied, whatever in love means. Can you you find the words to sum up how you feel today, both of you? Difficult to find that sort of word, isn't it, really? Just delighted and and happy. And I'm amazed that she's uh, been brave enough to take me on. (laughs) And I suppose in love. Of course. Whatever in love means. (laughs) Then on July 29, 1981, just a few weeks after Diana's 20th birthday and five months after the announcement, the couple was married at St. Paul's Cathedral in London in a ceremony that captured the world's attention with over 750 million people tuning in to watch. The wedding reception was held at Buckingham Palace, and it was a spectacular affair. Less than a year later, the couple welcomed their first son, Prince William, born in 1982. Then, in 1984, their second son, Prince Henry, or Harry as he is known, was born. By this point, the public and the press's interest in Diana was insatiable. She was called the People's Princess for her ability to connect with her public. She was also known for her style and for pushing the boundaries of royal fashion. Just one snapshot of her in one of their designs could raise the profile of the young designers she'd choose to patronize. But Charles and Diana's early years together seemed doomed from the start. Rumors of marital troubles swirled as Charles was said to have picked back up his relationship with ex-girlfriend, the then-married Camilla Parker Bowles. Jealousy also arose between the couple as the public seemed more interested in Diana than in the prince himself. Diana! Diana! Over here! Give us a smile! Diana and Charles publicly looked unhappy. In a 1988 Vanity Fair story, reporter Georgina Howell stated this. She was the love object of everyone in the world except her husband. She was faced in her mid-twenties with something she found chilling to contemplate. A fairy tale marriage that had cooled into an arrangement. In December of 1992, the palace announced that the Prince and the Princess of Wales had agreed to separate. They were divorced in August of 1996, with the couple sharing in the responsibility of their children's upbringing and Diana continuing to be regarded as a member of the royal family. Diana devoted herself to charity work and was linked to over 100 charity organizations. But even after it was clear that she would no longer be the future queen, the media blitz surrounding her continued. In fact, it grew even more frantic. 
as they wondered what Diana would do next. It was in the early morning hours of Sunday, August 31st, 1997, just one year into her newfound life, that Diana's life was tragically cut short. The 36-year-old princess was in Paris, France, with her new boyfriend, Dodi Fayed, a 41-year-old film producer and son of an Egyptian billionaire. The couple had dined at the Ritz-Carlton, but found themselves stuck as paparazzi swarmed outside. They sent a decoy out through the front and tried to escape in a Mercedes car, but their efforts to leave undetected failed. Pretty soon, they were being followed. Paparazzi on motorcycles surrounded the Mercedes, which was driving at high speeds. As the Mercedes entered an underground tunnel, the vehicle seemed to have lost control and crashed onto a pillar. Fayed and the car's driver died instantly, whilst a bodyguard suffered massive injuries. Paparazzi gathered around the wrecked vehicle and continued snapping photos. Diana, who visibly only had a small amount of blood on her forehead, was taken from the wreckage and rushed to a hospital, her status unknown. She was thought to have suffered a concussion and some broken bones, but it was later revealed that she had suffered massive chest injuries. Just hours after the accident, at 4.53 a.m., it was announced that the People's Princess had died. Fun Facts, a.k.a. Death Stats Three people died in the accident. Princess Diana, Dodi Fayed, and the driver, Henry Paul. The princess was the first Englishwoman to marry an heir to the throne for 300 years. Long before she was actually a princess, Lady Diana Spencer was connected to the royal family. She has more English blood in her veins than does Prince Charles, her 16th cousin once removed. Four of her ancestors were mistresses to English kings. According to royal.uk, the Queen, the Prince, and the Princess of Wales agreed that the princess was to be known after the divorce as Diana, Princess of Wales, without the style of Her Royal Highness. The funeral was watched by an estimated 2.5 billion people. Do you think you'll ever be Queen? <sighs> no, I don't. No. Why do you think that? I'd like to be a queen of people's hearts, in people's hearts. But I don't see myself being queen of this country. I don't think many people would want me to be queen. Actually, when I say many people, I mean the establishment that I'm married into because they've decided that I'm a non-starter. Why do you think they've decided that? Because I do things differently. Because I don't go by a rule book. Because... I lead from the heart, not the head. With us today, we have producer Amanda Lund. Hi, Rebecca. Fact checker Chris Smith. Cheerio. And our very special guest today is Janie Haddad Tompkins, co-host of Stay F. Homekins and a friend of ours at The Alarmist. Hi, Janie. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I like the title of being friend more than anything. <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> me too. Nice. I liked it too. That's why I put yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. 
Now, will you tell our listeners about your podcast? Now, they uh, ha- are familiar with your husband, who you co-host the podcast with, uh, Paul F. Tompkins. Yes. He's been our Jaws episode, as well as our Chernobyl episode. Those are very <laughs> different subjects. <laughs> Very but he wide. was the perfect guest for both. Very <laughs> wide ranging. Um, um, yes, so Paul and I are married and stuck in self-isolation together during the pandemic. And it turned out that we had some recording equipment and we started this weekly podcast called Stay of Homekins, which is just a stream of consciousness conversation podcast. We talk about anything and everything. Um, and sometimes it gets pretty silly. Sometimes it's pretty, I don't know, real. It's everything. And we have been doing it now for 35 weeks. <laughs> oh so we gosh. have 35 episodes to be found wherever you find your podcasts. And um, we have a very loyal <laughs> listener base who just have said that it's a lifesaver to have friends conversing in their ears every week because this has been such a challenging time and lonely time and well this is a good opportunity for our listeners to become friends with you as well yes thank you (laughs) I'm just so excited to talk about Princess Diana because I think a lot of us we grew up you know just loving her and and remembering when she died every this it's one of those things where everyone can talk about you know where they were when princess diana died mm-hmm. um i i even remembered it was a sunday uh oddly enough because sundays were when i went to my grandmother's house and i the second i walked into my grandmother's house she was crying oh <laughs> and she was like <gasps> Oh, you know, it was very dramatic, as if she was her child. She's a Cuban grandmother. Yeah. And um, (laughs) you can only imagine. Yes. um, So I think we should start by discussing some backstory on the last year slash few months of Diana's life. Um, Now, what we know is that Diana and Charles have just gone through a separation that started in 1992, and it was very public. They had a very public divorce that ended in 1997, and their marriage was extremely fraught. She, She had had this dream wedding, but not the fairy tale marriage. Essentially, he was he has always been uh, in love with his ex flame and now wife Camila Parker Bowles and pretty much cheated on her their entire marriage. Diana was very isolated in the relationship and Charles took very little interest in her. Eventually, she had two lovers that we know of. Uh, One was while she was married, James Hewitt, and he was the uh, former household cavalry officer. I'm not sure what what that does it's um, hot it sounds whatever like- it is <laughs> <laughs> there's a uniform i'm sure involved oh yeah yeah right so you can understand yeah <laughs> and uh later she has another affair with hasnet khan he's this heart surgeon that she dated from 1995 to 97 and by all accounts he was said to be her one true love But in 1997, just months before her death, he ended the relationship and Diana was heartbroken. That's the opposite of what he's supposed to do. So this brings us to the summer of 97. Diana is, according to what I heard, she was at a performance of Swan Lake and she runs into Muhammad Al-Fayed. 
And at the time, he's Herod's store's co-owner, and he's an Egyptian billionaire. So he invites her, as he always apparently jokingly does, to go on a vacation with his family. But this time, she actually says yes. So they go on holiday, and it's during this trip that she actually meets Dodie Fayed, who is Mohammed's oldest son. The two of them hit it off. And they start this hot, sexy fling. So uh, Dodie, he is, from what I read, by all accounts, he's kind of like a man-child. He's a, a film producer, but it's not like with his money. He's not an active producer or anything. Um, at the time he meets Diana, he has a lot of debt, apparently. A uh, hundred thousand dollars in rent that he hasn't paid and he's being sued by american express um (laughs) he's also engaged to someone else which he yes he drops her she's a model and she's i believe she's an american model and uh when he meets diana he just kind of like breaks it off i see anyway he goes like princess and then model is under princess and then that's it turns out amanda Okay. It turns out. And it then, depends on which country, but yes, generally speaking, yes. <laughs> and where is like podcaster? Oh, that's low. That's so low. <laughs> <laughs> where is podcaster? That we'll yeah. never know. We'll never we know. Will never know. The week of the accident, Diana goes on a yacht holiday with Dodie. And on their way back to London, they decide to stop in Paris, where Dodie has his flat, because uh, they want to stop and shop in Paris, because you can do this when you're a royal. You can just go to a city to go shopping. Um, But they get picked up by a helicopter. uh, Sorry, they get dropped off by helicopter, and they get picked up by Henry Paul. This is an important name. Now, Henry Paul ends up being the driver later on in the accident. Get him up on the board. I feel like we need to put somebody up on the board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Henry Paul. The BBC says that the driver was the deputy head of security at the Ritz Hotel in Paris, where Princess Diana and Mr. Fayed dined prior to to their last journey. The Ritz is owned by Mr. Fayed's father, Mohammed Al-Fayed. So they they probably got a free dinner. That's what I'm thinking. (laughs) Because Because they need it. Yeah, that is true. Henry Paul is not a driver. He's the head of security. But what happens? There's paparazzi everywhere. For now, they scrap plans to go shopping. They try to go out for dinner. There's too much paparazzi. And they head back to the Ritz to have dinner finally. Now, meanwhile, there's like three to four, a three to four hour window of time where Henry Paul is not at the Ritz because that he's off the clock at this point. Later in the evening, Dodie calls Henry Paul around 10 p.m. to return to the Ritz to the Ritz. He's caught on camera having two whiskeys. Oh, mm-hmm. now the, the time period of him being not at the Ritz is important because he could have had three whiskeys somewhere it's- else. Janie, you are a detective. (laughs) (laughs) I just know the type, you know. Prosecuting authorities say that the driver of the Mercedes car had well over the legal level of alcohol in his blood. Investigators have said that they believe the car was traveling at 121 miles per (gasps) hour when it crashed. Oh, my God. How? That's crazy. I don't even... 
My car doesn't go that fast. Analysis indicated that Mr. Paul had 175 milligrams of alcohol per 100 milliliters of blood, compared with the legal limit of 50 uh, milligrams per 100 milliliters. That's way too much. That's a lot. The level equates to having drunk more than a bottle of wine. Mm. Under French law, this is too much, essentially. It's, it's, it should be between 50 and 80. Mm-hmm. Um, no fight. less. No less. No. <laughs> yeah, that the is, French, that is you weird. know, they're bon vivants. <laughs> <laughs> that is weird that they um, give a, a, just a like range. a range. <laughs> <laughs> arranged a ta- hit target <laughs> you gotta target it <laughs> um Fahid's father's spokesman uh went on to defend mr paul as an experienced driver who had taken two courses in stuttgart germany on how to drive mercedes cars both the normal and the much heavier armored version the training included anti-terrorist techniques he also said that mr paul had worked for the ritz for 11 years and had been an exemplary employee he said the circumstances were that one of the photographers' motorcycles, a very powerful machine, he called it, was overtaking the Mercedes and pulling in front of it to try and slow it down so that other paparazzi could catch up and take flash photography. Right. Well, we had to put the paparazzi up, agreed? Agreed. Paparazzi goes up. What about just French, sort of just a, just par- Parisian lifestyle? <laughs> Sure. Whenever I'm in Paris, which is quite often, um, I always like love to imbibe. I will say that because I'm a fan of the Bureau, which is a French spy drama. El Bureau. El Bureau. Part of the training is to get you drunk. What do you mean? What do you mean? Chocolate beer. Well, if you are like, you know, some kind of agent for, for the Bureau of Legends... Then they would they train they get you drunk and train you to see if you can perform. Wow! Under those, that's according to the according to the scripted drama, the bureau. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Well, it is it is interesting because it's like Henry Paul. Yes, he was drinking. I mean, you should not if you're transporting precious cargo, a literal princess. You should not be drinking. Um, yeah. but he could have been the type of guy who's like throwing back a bottle of wine every night every night so, yeah. yeah so who knows if there hadn't been paparazzi involved he could have gotten them home s- fine let's take into consideration he was off the clock and why was he then called to be their wa- ride then that does seems unclear to me dodi was trying to devise a plan in order to get them out because the paparazzi were swarming outside of the Ritz. But we need to put Dodie up on the board because if Dodie concocted this elaborate plan to evade paparazzi, it's like, I know the paparazzi are, I mean, they're vultures, but at the same time, it's like Dodie was sort of pushing this idea. He probably also knew this guy had been drinking at the bar. Right. Yeah. Let's, yeah, I did not have him on my list, but Amanda, write, write him, write him in. (laughs) Okay. He is, he is written. (laughs) Well, the thing about the paparazzi too is you you got to throw them a few scraps occasionally, right? Like you know, if if they maybe gave them a few shots, then who knows? It might not have been the highest. Well, because he's in he's in debt, uh, as you pointed out. 
like, is that what you're theorizing? Is that he could have said, we're going to go out the back door. I need $100,000 for Amer- my American Express oh, bill. No, that's oh, that's what, what I was going oh, for. But that, I like that. That's a better theory. <laughs> that's a conspiracy theory that's in territory. Pretty, that is pretty good conspiracy theory stuff. <laughs> but let's talk about the paparazzi. Now, according to BBC, Diana and Dodie's black Mercedes was pursued by paparazzi on motorcycles and the commercial photographers who constantly tail Diana to snatch pictures of her. Seven photographers have been arrested and are helping police with their inquiries. So seven were arrested at the scene. Paparazzi photographers who pursued Diana, Princess of Wales, were to blame for her unlawful killing. This is according to the Telegraph. A jury has decided at the end of the uh, inquest into her death. So later on, they did this inquest and they did decide that the paparazzi were to blame. The verdicts Described by the coroner, Lord Justice Scott Baker, as the equivalent of manslaughter in a cr- criminal court, were reached by a 9-2 to two majority of the 11-member jury panel following the unprecedented six-month hearing. A French police investigation cleared the photographers of being directly linked to the tragedy, but the inquest at the Royal Courts of Justice in London heard damning eyewitness accounts of blocking cars allegedly being used to try and slow down the princess's car and of the paparazzi frantically taking pictures of the wrecked Mercedes in the Alma Tunnel in Paris, rather than trying to help its occupants. That's not great. Now, according to Time, even though Diana generally shied away from pursuing legal action against the invasive photographer, she was unquestionably distressed and humiliated by the paparazzis and less pursuit of her. In the year before her death, she would increasingly confront some of the most relentless hunters, famously screaming at one, quote, you make my life hell. Wow. So on August 10th, 20 days before her death, there is a some photos that are snapped of Diana and Dodie that are front page news. These are like yeah. those Are these the, like bathing suit ones on the boat? Yeah. If we can describe it to our listeners, she's on a boat. She's wearing a blue bathing suit. Uh, but there's other photos where they're kissing and she's wearing this orange bathing suit. You really all you see is her back and you see him like hugging her. You don't even you can't even tell if he's actually kissing her. They're super grainy. And the the headline for, for the Sunday Mirror says the kiss. Now Dodie flies off to buy an engagement ring for Diana. Locked in her lover's arms, the princess finds happiness at last. Ten pages of the most sensational pictures ever. So, according to the mirror, the images of that time, this is an article that came out after, were sold for more than a hundred million around the world. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. One million pounds, not a hundred million pounds. <laughs> the price is almost doubled for these pics. And this is the frenzy that happens right before her death. So let's talk about this for a second, because this is a whole culture surrounding these tabloids mm-hmm. and this sort of hunger for um, these salacious photos. So like, what, what, how do we frame that? I mean, I, I do think we need to put the British tabloids up on the board, as well as the, the I'll call it the photos. So it's, you're right, it's like a vicious cycle. And it's, they can't get enough. Especially in England, they're known for, all, I mean, all of this stuff. Like, 
I mean, you know, Megan and Harry left the whole deal <laughs> because of how harassing it is. Okay, so somebody really needs to go to jail today. Let's start getting some more <laughs> things up on this board. Like, if anyone has them, throw them out. Well, no seatbelts. Oh, this is a shocker, and this one's really upsetting to me. According to The Telegraph, the fact that none of the occupants were wearing seatbelts and the fact that the car smashed into the pillar in the tunnel's central reservation maximized the damage from the impact. The Daily Beast said that the UK's top forensic pathologist has said that Princess Diana died due to a tiny tear in a vein in one of her lungs and would almost certainly have survived the 1997 Paris car crash uh, had she been wearing a seatbelt or had the car been traveling at a slightly slower speed. Although her boyfriend, uh, Dodi Fayed, who was seated next to her in the back of the car, was killed instantly, and so was the driver. Diana was not. But her bodyguard, Trevor Reese Jones, who actually they suspect was sitting in front of her and was wearing a seatbelt. He was wearing a seatbelt. He survived. Now, this is unusual because bodyguards aren't allowed to wear seatbelts as they restrict movement. But evidently, uh, Reese Jones, maybe be- because he was alarmed by the driving or b- maybe because he was realized he realized an impact was likely put on his seatbelt at the last minute. Wow. I just have to say that not allowing someone to wear a seatbelt sounds kind of illegal. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I just think if you're the bodyguard, you might say, I'm not allowed but I'm putting my seatbelt on because we're going over 100 miles an hour. So maybe everyone else in the car should put their seatbelt on, too, because I'm your bodyguard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. You know what? You get the job, Janie. You're my new bodyguard. <laughs> <laughs> so what is this bodyguard's name? The bodyguard's name is Trevor Reese Jones. We got to throw up a lot of uh, lack of privacy laws. Because uh, privacy laws only existed in places like a doctor's uh, 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 surgery, a confessional, a marital bed, or the deathbed. The Protection from Harassment Act, PHA, was introduced the year Diana died. And the areas of the act that may have helped her did not come into full force until June 16, 1997, two and a half months before her death. For all practical purposes, too late. Afterward, you know, in 98, the uses, use of long lens photography to take pictures of people in private places without their consent was deemed unacceptable. So there were other changes, but this was post Diana. So that I think could have been something that would have helped her. So uh, another thing we have to put up, this is a conspiracy theory, but this is a big one. We should talk about it at least is MI6 assassins. <laughs> oh, is this the one where they think the queen ordered a hit on Diana? Yes. So they they like claimed that it was the queen. The British establishment wanted to prevent Diana and Dodie from marrying so that Prince William, the future king, and Prince Harry would not have a Muslim stepfather. No way. There's no way. But also, I mean, do, and does the queen even like, is she the boss of MI6? <laughs> I didn't know that she was. I know, like, she's sort of, like, the queen. But, like, does she order hits? And why would she not order hits on, like, bad, like, worse people, like despots and, you know? <laughs> it's a, why, yeah. 
I don't I'm not buying any of it. A lot of it has been brought about by uh by his father, actually, Mohammed Fayed. He's the one who has pushed a lot of these conspiracy theories. And I mean, he, he, I guess he's always felt that the, um, the British royals haven't liked him. Um, and it's possible that he's not wrong. It's oh, possible yeah. that they I'm didn't sure like that him. they don't like him. I'm sure that they, they I don't think she lo- loved Diana much like that's sort of famously known right that she's sort of rolled her eyes about diana her authenticity was was like an affront to the formality of the of the crown or whatever yeah i don't i just don't think she had had um it was not a murderous vibe from the (laughs) you don't think that little old lady has a murderous vibe i'm just not getting into the i don't get the murderous vibe um we have to start knocking stuff off but rebecca where are you at i want to put up the white fiat we just have to talk about this white fiat apparently they say that the moment before uh the, the driver lost control it got clipped by a white fiat Oh, unrelated to the paparazzi. The, okay, so they tried to like blame it on some paparazzi who happened to have the same car, the same kind of car. <laughs> They're like, oh, that's so-and-so. I'm, uh, James Andenson was his name. But he was not at the scene, so it wasn't him. So it literally was just like a white Fiat that they, they did find some paint on the Mercedes that was consistent with a white Fiat's paint. Okay. That but gives, here's the thing. Yeah. Imagine a, a, a Fiat. I mean, I have a Fiat. Mm-hmm. It's, it's Is it white? And is there paint all over it? <laughs> oh, my because God. It's me. <laughs> Maybe. I, I think I was at my grandma's house. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's such a tiny car to, like, clip a Mercedes, which is, like, a big, heavy car, and I have that actually effect i mean i don't know but at 120 miles per hour in a tunnel any little thing could set it off i think that white fiat is mysterious because if someone was involved just even around the scene of this like they need to say that was us like well that was the queen that was the queen (laughs) she she rented a fiat (laughs) oh you think it was you think it was rented huh (laughs) <laughs> I did, I just it does make sense like a paparazzi could have been driving it and then he came home and he was like fuck I was just like this huge accident just happened tell everyone I was home you <laughs> no, know no it, it really has been debunked she the, he was not there so anything else last last things to put up on the board Janie do you have anything Chris, Maybe anything? there's something to the market, you know, the market forces driving up the prices of those of those photographs at that time, right? Like, because you're if you're a photographer and you're you just like you watch a half a million pound picture on the you know cover of the whatever the British tabloids, if you want to make a bunch of money, like you'd probably risk a lot, and so you had that hot period of time when those pictures were selling for a lot of money. So I don't know what you'd call that. Maybe like, um, do you think that goes back to demand though? It's essentially demand. And in in that way, it's like, can we blame the consumers? Yes. Like the people buying the magazines, you know, or or just the publishers, the publishers more because the the publishers are the ones paying so much for these pictures. And, And, you know, that's the real incentive. It's that's not, 
it's not the, you know. Well, and they're coupling them with these salacious headlines. Like Rebecca was saying that they were like, it's, you know, the kiss kind of like they're engaged. And that wasn't even true. They weren't engaged. No, they were not. They were not. By all accounts, they weren't engaged. There was rumors that she was pregnant. Also, she was not pregnant. Um, but I also want to put the, the, the buyers, I want to put the public, her brother came out with a statement. If you could look this up, Chris, Charles, her brother, Charles came out with a statement the day she died where he really laid it on the, the British tabloids. Wow. It was a really wonderful, uh, you know, it was, so the family, so the family thinks her family immediately was like she was harassed she was hounded yes i'd also like to add the royal family because you know in the modern age and even probably before the royals have been this source of fascination because they're it's Mm so odd and antiquated it is that it's really just become a hotbed for gossip right so it's almost like the mystery of the royal family yes it is Agreed. The royal family is such an odd entity to still be like we're in such modern times now. I'm trying to find what the brother said. I always believed the press would kill her in the end, but not even I could believe they would take such a direct hand in her death as seems to be the case. It would appear that every proprietor and every editor of every publication that has paid for intrusive and exploitative Photographs of her encouraging greedy and ruthless individuals to risk everything in pursuit of Diana's image has blood on his hands today. Wow. And now let's take a quick break to speak with our Royals expert, Kristen Meinzer. What was Di's relationship with the paparazzi at the time of the accident? Um, I know that she'd been a public figure for almost two decades, but why had things escalated at that point? Things were bad and good with her, with the paparazzi her entire life. I mean, I remember as a little kid, some of the headlines, like at one point she was called Dynasty Die because her hair was too big and her sleeves were too puffy and they were making fun of her. And at one point they called her the Princess of Wales, as in the giant sea mammal, because God forbid she gained 10 pounds while she was pregnant with one of her sons. They were so cruel to her all the time. And at the same time, they also celebrated her and her fashion, but also made fun of her fashion. And she was dealing with this constant scrutiny her entire life. And then it just got worse and worse and worse and worse because, you know, she and Charles, uh, things were getting leaked about them. And then they started uh, giving interviews to the press themselves. And then so it seemed almost as if they were cooperating with the press, but they hated the press. So, you know, there was this very complicated relationship. And they needed the press in some ways to get the word out about their charities and to create their public image, but they also were tormented constantly by the press. It was so hard. And I mean, they were photographing Diana at all sorts of times in her life, not just in the end, in a way that was very, very, very invasive. I mean, when she was pregnant with William, I think it was, they like used a long lens camera to take a a photo of her in a bikini while she was pregnant, which the queen, who never speaks out against the press, put out a statement. She was so offended. So from a very early time, Diana was really victimized by the press. Listen to the full interview on Thursday's Aftermath episode. Now back to our conversation. (laughs) 
When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Well, on that note, let's get Chris. Will you read us through the board and let's take that yeah, into consideration? Yeah. Death of Princess Diana. Who's to blame? Is it Henry Paul, the driver? Paparazzi? Parisian lifestyle? <laughs> Dodie? British tabloids? The photos? The seatbelts? No oh, seatbelts. No, no seatbelts. Trevor Rees Jones? Lack of privacy laws? MI6 Assassins, The White Fiat, Tabloid Publishers, The Public, The Mystery of the Royal Family. Whew. Okay. Um, that's a big list, and I'm not sure who we're going to take off first. Parisian lifestyle needs to go. Okay. That was my suggestion, <laughs> and it just had no- has nothing to do with it. It's a beautiful, they got a beautiful thing there. Maybe a little snooty. They're a little snooty over there. I'm a little, I, I tend to not want to blame the public only because the publishers like if they weren't publishing the salaciousness then Mm -hmm. the public wouldn't have anything to buy so they're not Mm -hmm. really driving it necessarily it's the tabloids that are driving the sort of like intrigue and and the drips of information and the you know saying right. certain in my opinion i agree Is that, right. am i letting too much off the hook no. with the public no, no. I, no. I agree because they're also not the people making the money and that's what that's the no they're spent yeah that's right yeah, yeah. they're spending like, like a dollar or something yeah yeah and <laughs> and they're 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 creating a, a bad habit 
the the publishers. <laughs> yes, that's right. They're like feeding an addiction or something. Yeah, they're yeah. like drug pushers, enablers. Why don't we take off MI6 assassins since this isn't conspiracy <laughs> corner? Absolutely, definitely. White fiat, I guess, got debunked too. Right? Yeah, I think we can take the white fiat. He shouldn't have been driving that fast. We so. don't know enough, but yeah, we can take it off. It is suspicious so, though, but it kind of go- wraps into the conspiracy. Henry Paul's alcohol level is concerning. I agree, to say the least. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We got to keep him up on the board. Um, I don't think Dodie had any... I think Dodie probably wanted to go home. It was late, you know. (laughs) Yeah, he he really shouldn't have called Henry back, but he's in a tough spot. I think you can He might have trusted Henry. It's true. You can roll the ta- British tabloids, the photos into tabloid publishers, I think. Because, you know, who are the honchos behind this, these salacious magazines? They des- they're the ones who put out the tabloids, and they're the ones who paid for those yeah. photos. Yeah, I think. I but think now you have these, like, insane paparazzi who are willing to, I mean, who drives a motorcycle at 120 miles an hour? You know what I mean? No oh, yeah, one, there, no one I know. I hope <laughs> no seatbelts is crazy. Like that should have been wild. That's crazy to me too. I think Trevor Reese Jones. It's too much. We it's it, we don't have enough facts about his yes. part in it. So I think we, we can, can take, take that out. out. And he was no. the bodyguard. And how long were they in the car before this crash? Like maybe there wasn't time to get the seatbelt on. No, I, I think they had enough time. Like it was a ten minute drive. I, I, okay. I'm not sure, but but there was enough time. It wasn't like. Right, they turned the corner and then the accident happened. Yeah, this is they've right. been driving really, for a while. This is going to be really hard because the publishers, the uh, Henry Paul, the driver, the paparazzi, and the seatbelts are all really calling to me. So, and mm-hmm. and I, I kind of think maybe we can take off the mystery of the royal yeah. family and and maybe even lack of privacy laws. Well, I was gonna, yeah, I was gonna kind of fold the lack of privacy laws into the royal family because oh, they have the. You know, they they have the power to uh, pass. They don't have the actual power to pass legislation, but they're powerful. Like they could really push this kind of agenda and they didn't. Catch 22 is what it is, because they're only public like their whole thing is that they're public figures. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. Literally don't do anything else. Like they they kind of know the deal. They they didn't. Yeah. They kind of know what the deal is. They sort of give over some of their privacy. (laughs) Yeah. In all fairness, she did, you know, marry into it. Uh, it wasn't like William or Harry who were, who were born into it. But that yeah. said, she was so young. She was 20 years old. I mean, she was 18 when she started dating him. And, and that was a big uh, age difference. 12 years when you're 20 is a lot of a difference. Yeah. And, mm. and I just think of myself at 18, like... I, I'm in I, I would never have been in the position like I, I wouldn't have trusted myself to be the head of 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 a I don't know just like a, a political and and a public figure like that they they also like used her in a lot of ways they picked her out specifically and they didn't and then they didn't help her they're not a helpful family <laughs> no <laughs> 
I mean, you like know, that's we, not their deal. <laughs> you know, we totally didn't. Uh, we totally didn't uh, address Charles in all this. Where does Charles stand in all of this? He could have protected her. He could have protected well, her more. Not only that, but he could he have been faithful in a, yeah. in a way. Yeah, exactly. He he pushed her away. And oh. are the are the are the headlines? of the tabloids so salacious if their relationship is just a bit more boring if they put a little more if charles put a little more tension on her and you know you know they they actually got along okay huh. i'm gonna put charles up on the board but then i'm gonna take him right off okay <laughs> it does seem but like the it's a perfect, good point it does seem the perfect storm of everything that's still on the board because right. i wouldn't take anything off that's left on the board so what we have up on the board is Henry Paul the Driver, paparazzi, no seatbelts, and tabloid publishers. Oh boy, what are we going to do here? Uh, no seatbelts. No we seat have belts. to keep that it's on. It's so crazy to me, even though I want to take it off kind of because it's a little bit like victim blamey, but it's just, and I know this was back in the day when people like didn't necessarily wear seatbelts as much. It was just kind of starting yeah. I guess, but when you're driving like and you're in a pursuit or a chase and you're maybe in the back this- seat, maybe you would be like, mm, this is a little scary. I, I, I many a night did not put my seatbelt on in the back of a New York City cab when mm. I was yeah. in. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> but you're going belts. like 20 miles an hour a lot of times. <laughs> you're not yeah. going if the cab, if he sped up to 100 miles an hour, I bet you would have grabbed that seatbelt. And maybe the, this has to be, this is one of those cases where we can tell our listeners, hey, don't even, don't you dare think about not putting a seatbelt on. Yeah. <laughs> and if you, and we're if gonna you take have it a, off the board. <laughs> if you have a bodyguard, let him use his seatbelt. I mean... <laughs> Let that Janie. be. A- <laughs> this, this is going to be like Janie's cause from now on. <laughs> Bodyguards should be allowed. <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of zeroing in on paparazzi specifically because okay. they could have slowed down. Mm. I'm. I think it's the driver, honestly. Wow, mm. interesting. I'm sorry, but I, I just, I have a hard time. With drunk driving, like people—that's <laughs> a good thing. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> but no, I'm just saying. Not like a good. He, it's not good to do it. <laughs> no, I. He 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 really shouldn't have gotten behind the wheel. He should. I know that he was in a tough spot because when your boss is quote unquote telling you to like your billionaire boss, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I I don't want to be in his shoes for sure, but he did drink a lot. I don't know. I'm kind of with Amanda. Like, we don't know how 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 much he was like. Like, if he was trained in terrorist ops and stuff, like, yeah. I don't well, know. He was doing those drills where he, they would get him drunk and then tell him to, <laughs> and then say like, like don't plane or don't tell any secrets or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, also like, could he have been like a fall guy? Like, how do we trust this toxicology report anyway? Uh oh, something oh, no. into MI six assassin oh, territory. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was so well above the legal. 50 to 80 range. <laughs> Suggested. <laughs> Suggested. Right. No less than 50, no more than 80. I do want to hear from some of his family members. Like, yeah, that was Henry. He was always like, 
Drinking those whiskeys and getting behind the wheel. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, to me, it's tough. Right? Like, I understand the impulse to send Henry to jail, but I also like really think the bigger <laughs> p- picture is like these tabloid publishers. So it just depends how far back we want to be looking at it. Okay, but right, it's, the time whole to narrow, it's time to narrow in. I, I, I take all of your points, and 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 though I think this is a really tough call, I think. I I do think that the paparazzi are more to blame and that we should give Henry the slap. Um but it's it's hard because where do the where do the publishers right because the publishers have incentivized this crazy behavior. Yeah. I don't like but we have know. we have we have the ability to make decisions for ourselves, right? Just because there's a bounty on a, a, you know on someone's head, right, for a, a large amount of money, we can say, you know what, I'm not going to go that far. I'm not going to do it. Yeah, and was there at least one or two motorcyclists that were like, dude, I'm out. Like once that tunnel started, like I'm out. Like they turned right <laughs> and they said, you know what, it's not worth it. Like. I don't know. Um, I'm not sure about that. (laughs) Or were they all just like, no, fuck it. I want a million pounds. Like, I don't care. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. That's like the paparazzi was driving the speed, right? They were pushing the speed. Henry wasn't, in my opinion. No, I mean, they were, they were, even if he was going fast, they were still surrounding him. So they must have been going just as fast. They must have been catching up. Yeah, he would not have been going 120 miles an hour if their backdoor scheme worked to get them out of the hotel. Right. I'm telling you right now. That's my right. gut. So I'm going paps. It's the paps. Okay. I, I, I'm kind of with you. What do you think, Chris? I'm a little hesitant. I'm reminded of a story when I was okay. in, when I was in like 12 or 13 years old. We, I was at my friend Sean Carroll's house, and Sean and a co- bunch of us were in his backyard and he had a pool in his backyard and his dad came out and his dad had a huge empty peanut butter jar filled with quarters i guess he had big change jar and he 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 threw the whole jar of quarters into the pool and everybody jumped in oh god and Mm. it was melee it was total total mayhem and People came up with bloody noses and oh there was my like God. burns and stuff. And, you know, I don't blame me and my friends for, you know, all those scars and scrapes. I blame I blame Sean's dad. Well, right. I'll tell you what, I would the, not have jumped in not, that pool. It was not thought it was not thought through very well by the dad. <laughs> but, but I'm I, sorry, but, but I'm not jumping in that pool. But, I don't care how many quarters are in it. But it was my yeah, that that's my way of saying I think the tabloid publishers offering this amount of money, they are w- more culpable than I think the guys who are down on the street trying to get trying the shots. to feed their family because like here's the thing too is like we don't know if they're like you're not coming back in. I'm not giving you another assignment unless you get that. Ritz Carlton, whatever you know. I love this. Janie says the tabloid producer. <laughs> Don't come back without the whatever. Just this Ritz Carlton, whatever. You, if you a come back, too. if you come back without those Ritz Carlton whatevers, <laughs> I, I mean, I will. Ne- you will never work in Paris again. <laughs> well, it, it's the same question as like it's like in the mob, right? Do you blame the the henchmen 
Or do you blame the, the guy who orders the, the, hit. the, the hit? I mean, I, to ball. me, you got to go to the top of the pyramid. That's my feeling about mm-hmm. it. That's like a prosecutor would. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I'm convinced. <laughs> Henry Paul, you're getting the big slap. Tabloid publishers, you're going to the alarmist jail. <laughs> Buckle up, because you're going to the slammer. <laughs> That's right. Buckle up for sure. And always buckle up. Always. (laughs) Well, Janie, thank you so much for joining us today and helping us figure out who's to blame for the death of Princess Diana. Yes, rest in peace. Everyone have a good Thanksgiving. Thank you for having me. Goodbye, England's rose. May you ever grow in our hearts. You were the greatest place to sell. After Diana's death, according to Biography.com, news of her sudden, senseless death shocked the world. Queen Elizabeth II, who was criticized for not immediately responding publicly to Diana's death, made a televised address from Buckingham Palace on September 5th, in which she said, quote, No one who knew Diana will ever forget her. Millions of others who never met her but felt they knew her will remember her. I, for one, believe there are lessons to be drawn from her life and from the extraordinary and moving reaction to her death. I share in your determination to cherish her memory. On the morning of September 6, Diana's funeral procession commenced from Kensington Palace, her coffin resting on a gun carriage drawn by six black horses. Thousands of mourners packed the streets to watch, with 15-year-old William and 12-year-old Harry joining the final stretch of the four-mile procession for their mother. William and I can separate life into two parts. There were those years when we were blessed with the physical presence beside us, of both our mother and father. And then there are the ten years since our mother's death. When she was alive, we completely took for granted her unrivaled love of life. Laughter, fun and folly. She was our guardian, friend and protector. She never once allowed her unfaltering love for us to go unspoken or undemonstrated. She will always be remembered for her amazing public work. But behind the media glare, to us, just two loving children, she was quite simply the best mother in the world. think is to blame by going to the alarmistpodcast.com follow us at the alarmist the on twitter at the alarmist podcast on instagram or email us at the alarmist podcast at gmail.com tune in next week we'll be discussing the tuskegee experiment
Stereos. Powered by ACAST. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.